This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me as always, he's here not for the fun of it, it's Mitch Doyle. G'day everybody. And coming off the subs bench after an unexpected interruption from another one of our co-hosts, it's the Daily Telegraph's very own Nick Campton. How are you, Matt? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's good to be here. Fantastic. So it'll be a questions-based podcast this uh, this time around. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we, love, we love a questions podcast and footy's only, what, two weeks away? So the more questions we can answer now, the less you'll have when footy returns. <laughs> and, uh, and thank fuck for that because what a week it's been in the World Rugby League. Hopefully we can fill the gaping hole in your lives that exist without footy. Yeah, mate. I'm starting to slowly lose even more of my mind, which is not unexpected, but quite unfortunate. Tremendous. Have you tried to reduce the amount of referees in your household, perhaps? (laughs) Maybe. I've actually just started letting the boys play. uh... Are you letting letting the self-isolation flow? I am. I'm playing. I'm playing eyes up self isolation. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely playing my natural game of self isolation. That's true. Like, I'm, yes. you know, just rolling with the punches. Yep. Yeah. It's, well, I'll tell you, it's self isolation is not bringing back the little man. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, that Campo was um lucky. Uh, well, lucky he was available to jump on at really short notice. We only uh, pinged him ten or fifteen minutes ago. But yeah, Bunga called off for for a work emergency. So. Whatever, take whatever you will with a man reporting coronavirus, but he's uh, he's been pulled in. So we've got Campo on here, and we'll um we'll do a question time podcast, and then uh, hopefully we can chase our tail and pick story home up for you guys later when Bungard's available. Yes. So anyway, let's get stuck into the questions. Are you serious? We're gonna have any questions. Okay, as usual, we're starting off with the Patreon questions. And we're going straight into it. The first question comes from uh, Andy Seegs. He says, do you think there's a chance players won't agree to origin end of year long-term because it could potentially mean missing out on the full once-in-a-lifetime celebration after winning a grand final? Uh, I don't. I don't, know because we've had test footy at the end of the season forever, and I know that, you know, some players pull out of that for injury or whatever, but they still come, like a lot of boys are still coming up and playing the tests. Like heaps of Raiders were in them last year, heaps of Roosters were in them last year. I, I don't think that would change just because there's an Origin campaign. You know, what I'm actually worried about with that is Origin working really well post season and then putting it there permanently, and then that takes the time out of the calendar for Test footy. You know, mm-hmm. I know none of us like mid season Origin, but I also think there's not a better place for it without compromising internationals, which I think would be a real mistake. Yeah, and especially with the growth of the international game in the last kind of five to ten, well, five years really. But like that that little rep weekend where you have New Zealand versus England, the Pacific Tests, the women's state of origin and the men's state of origin on the Saturday, like leading through each other, it as you said, it, it disrupts the season. But in my mind, I can't see another place to put it and have that kind of like carnival of of rep footy, which I really yeah. like. Oh, I really, I really like that too. I think it, the standalone weekend really breaks, really breaks things up nicely. And mm. people can say, oh yeah, we can have the origin post grand final and then we can have the test post origin. And it's just like, that would just be too much. Yeah. Because then you're asking your elite players to play five extremely intense games in about a six to eight week period after the season is finished. So that means you're going to run the season into mid no into at the, at the very least mid November late November every single year which yeah. is just not feasible long term i don't think and, we can have and, them both post season yeah and you'd be your only other option then is to have players like to have all internationals played in the northern hemisphere which then you've got to factor in further travel yeah further coming and going you've got to put more family commitments on these players and i'm not saying that like the season like they they're back training in what like December. Oh, Jeff. mate, some clubs come back in the middle of November. Yeah. Like if, like if, a club misses, if a club misses the finals, their first boys will be back in the middle of November. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, they it's only just really too get, much. Without, without you know, shortening, without shortening yeah. the NRL season, which apart from this year, they're not going to do, mm. I don't think there's a space to fit it all in. Yeah. 
One thing I have learned, though, that this, this has been like a long off-season thanks to the two-round blip in the middle. One thing I have learned is the off-season does suck. So I am pro running the players into the absolute goddamn ground. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, here's what we do. We make Super League go back to a winter season and we have yes. fellas play a full NRL season and then go play Super League and then just come back. So they're just playing all the time, never training. It sounds perfect. It I sounds know, perfect, right? but... Um, I yeah. don't see any problem here at all. No, nor do I. I'd love to see, like, in an ideal world, like, you know, you're talking about playing Origin before internationals. You know, if it was ever possible, I'd love to see that happen because you'd kind of have the feeling of, like, the Origin game's almost a bit of a trial for making the Australian team. I would really like that too, but I just don't think it would be practical. Not just, just because of what I said before about how the players would all get burnt out and fucked up by the end. But I also think because Origin has become so big and Test Footy has not so much lately, but for a while Test Footy really stagnated, I think the, the casual sports fan who fucking loves Origin but maybe doesn't watch the NRL every week would run out of gas by the time the tests start. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I don't think they'd be able to sustain that interest for a, a five- or six-week period. Yeah. It, yeah. Who was saying – was it Bungard was saying last week that they they know somebody who's a casual observer and, like, having Origin in the middle of the season – is the kind of time that your ears prick up and you go, oh, yeah, there's only yeah, like 10 look, weeks I heard, in season life. I heard, him, I heard him say that that friend of his is a degenerate and shouldn't be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's it was I'm a friend say. of mine, but I'm happy to blame Bungard. It was a friend of mine, but I'll, it's oh, definitely well, Matt yeah. Bungard's friend. He's, Mitch, yeah. Mitch, you're friends with a pervert. Like, <laughs> get the, get uh, the button okay. now. Get the button. Okay, next question comes from our good friend Shanta. He says, although he's digging the new royalty-free intro and outro music, for nostalgia's sake, can we please compress it down to 180 kilobytes per second and give it an early thousands LimeWire charm? <laughs> yeah, we should just I've play the the, uh, the the broad, the uh, the dial-up uh, dial-up tone, log-on tone for the for the for the foreseeable cool. future while we're all we do- isolated. Do you remember those old LimeWire versions where someone like recorded the song off the radio and you have some New York DJ interviewing the song for a minute <laughs> yeah. and a half? Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah, do that. Shitty, all the shitty pommy rap that I used to listen to had like <laughs> terrible little radio intros and outros all the time, like yeah. Ali G level bad, you know what I mean? Like, I'd like that for our podcast. If we can get an Ali G intro on this podcast, I'm ready to say we're going to take it to the next level. Sasha Baron Cohen... <laughs> He's a regular listener. Like I think he'll come through for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, his, his wife, his wife is Australian, so you know. Isla, Isla Fisher, yeah. if you're out there, get in touch <laughs> with our people. And get to Isla if she's listening. Yeah. Get a big fan of your uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but also problematic Isla Fisher that that's uh, cameo in wedding crashes. Did it go too far? You know, the uh, the weird scene in the bathroom? Very problematic. Oh, a great point. Yeah, that should have got you cancelled today, son. I'll tell you. <laughs> Definitely would. Wouldn't last, uh, anyway, ten, wouldn't last 10 minutes in the 2020s carrying on like that. <laughs> um, Rowan Edwards, he says, uh, who was the last cult hero of our game? Do any of our current players have a chance to become one? Well, I, is, like, is Coltrane too, too obvious an answer? For like the yes. last great, great cult hero. Yeah, yes. I'm sure. I'm sure there's. I'm, I'm sure there's sure, guys we could we him. could think of now. Like, but you know, none of them have Coltrane's charm. I'll I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll grant him that. I mean, if there's if there's one that I can think of, and I'm not just saying this to butter up Campo, but like surely the the cult hero of the late 2010s, it's got to be Leipana. I don't know. I think Leilu is too polarizing. Yeah, mm. fair there point. are people that there are people that really don't like him. Mm. I wonder uh, why. Yeah, because <laughs> he loves I too much. Does well. <laughs> <laughs> does Marcus Sevo last year does that fall into that category oh, of pending cult hero? Or was he too good? I think nah, he was, that's I think a good he was probably too good. I think a yeah. cult hero that it has to be a hundred percent approval rating. Everyone has to love him. Mm. I think yeah. they have to be good enough to do really cool things, but not so good that they do them all the time. So I think Sevo's out. I, and I three, mean, there's got to be something not wrong with them, but extremely distinctive. Like Coltrane's thing was, you know, he was the size <laughs> of a house, but wanted to be a halfback. You know, George Rose's thing was 
he was the size of a house. You know, it's just, <laughs> that's kind of what happens. Like Wolfman's thing is that he was crazy. Like, like that's, you, you need that crucial ingredient. I think one, I think one guy, one guy that might be able to get there is Victor Radley because people yeah, love shout. that he, people love that he's like, you know, a bit of a piss head and all that, which, you know, I understand and respect, mm. but he's not, I wouldn't say he's quite there yet. Yeah, he's it's not fat enough. He's too handsome. I hate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's one of those things. We, we're too fast to bring the little man back. Why don't we bring back the fat cold hero? That's the thing the game's <laughs> missing. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, don't, I think you, you probably you covered it pretty well. I think Sean Fenson probably f- fell into that part yeah, too. Yeah, for a different For a different reason. I don't know fully the reasons why everyone got behind Fenson. Because I know our Raiders fans did, but he's getting, Why do you, he doesn't... You ask me on your show and then you say there's offensive things. I, I feel ambushed. But, but it's like, you know, the ones that go around the league are more so the guys who, you know, do do something different, you know, a bit loose. Like you said, a, a George Rose, a big guy off the bench. Dave Taylor, ball playing for a big fella. Felitti Matteo probably had a bit of that status for a while there too. Mm. Similar type of player. Well, there, there are also cult heroes whose thing is that they're just, I don't want to sound insensitive. Their thing is just that they're honest toilers who stick around mm. for ages and people just sort of accept them by osmosis, like Jason Clark, for example. Or Jeremy Lattimore. Yes. You know what I mean? Or Jer- oh, Jeremy Lattimore fucking slapped till the end, man. Those offloads were crazy. <laughs> yeah. The story, of him, the story of him getting stuck on the side of the road and needing a lift in the back of someone's motorbike. Oh, mate. The word iconic gets thrown around a lot these days, but that mm-hmm. is... That was top tier stuff. Yeah. Like Brian Toto is a good is a good one is a good one. Like with his yeah, weird dives be. and stuff, and he's, you know, he does like kung fu moves in the sheds before the games and stuff. I think I think there's something there. There is, and I do think we're missing a few of those. You know, the props who are good for one good hit up every seven weeks off the bench guys. They're good, like David Harla. Bring one of those guys oh, back. Oh yeah, uh, see, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Yeah. Oh, speaking of big men, John Asiata. Oh yeah, yeah that's John, that's a good shout. John's right up there. Yeah, that's a good shout. I like that one. Did John Asiata think... not, not play halfback in a grand final at some stage? Not in the grand final, but in the grand final of my dreams, yes. Oh, yes. A guy who's not there yet but might get there, Billy Magulius. Great yes. shout. That's a, yeah, I reckon he's he's definitely got it in him. And he's a little fat too, which is good. It's a he massive is. bonus. He is, which is yeah. great, you know. Yeah, I would say maybe Paul Green's holding back the ass man from being full cold hero status. So he went to a team where the coach let him play a little more looser, putting in more kicks on third or fourth tackle. Mm. He'd be full status. Well, I so think, think John Asiata should go to the Tigers. That's what I'm hearing. Well, yes. Everyone should go there. <laughs> Everyone should go to the Tigers. <laughs> um, okay, next question comes from Matty McPherson. He just says, what the fuck is happening? Is this just with the world right now or everything? Uh, that's, that's a, that's I, a great I don't point. know, Matty. Mate. I cannot give you the guidance you need. No. Unfortunately, we are not qualified nor wish to be for this kind <laughs> of uh, information. Well, yeah. well above every, my pay grade. Every day I think the bad rugby league discourse has stopped, the next day gets worse. I just, like, <laughs> uh, the, thing, the thing is, like, if you told me two weeks ago that the biggest thing, the, like one of the biggest obstacles left the NRL to hurdle before it come back, was anti-vaxxing. Like, I've just... <laughs> I would have thought you'd be like, It's like they've spun a wheel. Like, these are all the things that could have stopped it. Oh, my God, it's landed on anti-vaxxers. You never would have picked that. Yeah, it's like the it's world's like, uh... shittiest game of roulette, you know? It's just really... <laughs> it is. And then, uh, yeah, banned from wheel one of... state. Fucking wheel of misfortune, mate. That's I'll tell you what, Tony County got banned from a town. Papali, Stoliola, and Tapanay are getting banned by states. Yeah. Canberra's on the up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, Liam, our good friend Pythago NRL says, would you describe the media's coverage of Peter Valanis as exhausting, em- exhaustingly embarrassing or perversely sexual? Oh, I'm not going to describe it at all. <laughs> uh, it's definitely exhausting. Exhausting the realms of possibility, uh, but yeah, look, it's it's polarizing. Per the Lewis situation, it is polarizing. That is for sure. But uh, yeah, I disapprove. 
this one from memory. Zeus, that's it. He said he's, he's entitled to be nicknamed Zeus, the boss god, a nod to his Greek heritage. Mate, suck the other one. <laughs> I hate that with everything within me. Yeah. And then a sentence later, that wasn't enough of a, of a rap. He was like, actually, it sounds like a cement company. And he's been the glue that kept the game together. Oh, go away. <laughs> now, I don't want to... Come on, Roy, get it to you. Tighten it I up. I don't want to sound controversial here. Yeah. But is Roy Masters being racial? Whoa. Yes. I, <laughs> I, don't want, I, don't want, I don't want Roy Masters to get cancelled, you know? <laughs> no, none, of us, none of us want that. No, I agree. Well, Mitch might uh, want it, I don't know. I mean, he didn't go down the fish and chips road, so we've saved, <laughs> you know, we've saved some face. Thank Christ. Okay, next question comes from Warwick Ahern. He says, what's the most creative or innovative thing you've seen in quarantine? He feels ping pong ball shots have been flogged like a dead horse, but some are quite creative. So what's your, what's your uh, quarantine creativity, lads? Hmm. I'm sick of TikTok. About to say that. That's the least creative thing I've seen now. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely sick of TikTok. There are a few things that I have learned that I that I have seen enough have I have seen enough of. TikTok, work home workout videos, trick shots, and baking would probably be my top four. But in saying that, if anybody would like to provide me with delicious baked goods. <laughs> Please get in touch. Uh, big shout out to my mum for sending me uh, sending me Anzac biscuits while I was having a bit of a rough week. Sent them to me in the post. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so thank you for that, mum. Yeah. Um, I've seen yeah, some good bread. A good Shout out to a friend of the podcast, uh, Tom Hardy, who's made some exceptional looking rye bread that I'm actually going Ooh. to go over there and taste soon. But uh, mostly the stuff, I'm just sick of the same thing. Everything on all levels. <laughs> <laughs> Like you see, like a one, you said, you see one good trick shot, and then it's ruined by seventeen more ter- average trick shots. Yeah, dude, dude average. Wasn't this the a question one... about things we liked and things we hated? Yes. Do you know who? Yeah, he, does he know who he's talking to at this point? <laughs> <laughs> I got to think. I, I got to. I don't know if I liked anything, but I got to think. I, I hate social mm. media challenges where you have to tag ten friends in some thing yeah. to do something. You know. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure plenty yeah. of the causes are worthy, but you know, I'm a person that hates the internet, so please don't tag me in them. <laughs> that's that, true. That's it. I mean tagging a few of them on Facebook and it's like just just no. Yeah, <laughs> like and some me. of them are like, hey, tag the first fan of this fan base you think of. It's like oh, can dude, you, can I you hate not? that shit. Tag a mate who fucking always does a thing. <laughs> Oh my god, bro! I've got so many mates that do things. I'm gonna tag them. This is wild. Um, one thing I did like was Steve Smith running a half mar- marathon like it was no worries. Oh, that offended <laughs> me, bro. Like, I, so a bit of background: Steve Smith put up a thing where he went three times around the Bay Run, which is a popular running track near where I live, mm. and he went around it three times in some absurdly low time. It was an and hour and a half, I think. Yeah, like an hour said. and a half. And he reckons that he'd never like run for fitness before in his life. Like he'd done it at training and that, but he'd never just like slapped on the shoes and gone for a run. And I was like, dude, you're already like the best cricketer in the universe and like quite possibly the best cricketer of like the last 40 years. Yeah. And now it's turned out that like, oh yeah, dude, if I wanted to, like I could just run crazy marathons as well. It's like, man, like leave something for other people. <laughs> Selfish, yeah. you know? He can't do anything normally either, though, right? Like, imagine what the fuck's his gait like on a long marathon run. You know, he can't he play like a normal pickle shot. He looked like fucking, what's his name? Bloody Ministry of Silly Walks out there. <laughs> I reckon there's one of those things. I think, like, because he's clearly, like, just got an insane mental discipline, which is how he's able to bat for six weeks without, you know, even offering a bad shot. I think if he just locked into something, no matter what it was, if he, like, fully focused on it, he could do it. Like if we got Steve Smith in the lab looking for the cure for the Rona, like I'm, I'm backing him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next guy. We didn't really answer that question, but I don't think any of us have an answer of the things that were creative or innovative that we liked. So moving to the next one. Uh, Mitchell Smith. This is more for Dale, I guess. Can you recommend any of the podcasts from your new podcast partner, Acast? 
Oh, good question. Uh, I know the football rambles on on Acast. Um, they're always pretty good if you're a, if you're a football fan. There's a few good crime podcasts on there, but I have been free of the podcasts for a little bit, unfortunately, because I don't have mm. a commute, and that's when I well, usually listen to my podcasts. Well, you listen to our ads on our podcast now, and you'll get recommendations yes, <laughs> on please. the Acast network. Support us and support the Acast family. We're all in this together. That's it. I do think uh, actually I want to. That might be their news to break. Another podcast I know is getting added. I don't know if the, I'll leave that news. Oh, we'll keep that quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't uh, the kimono too much. <laughs> that's it. Mate. Uh, Alex, uh, oh God, Alex Sergiacomi says, which football had a bigger drop off, Jared Hayne or Darius Boyd's? Both undeniable greats, but Hayne's achievements have been completely forgotten about. While Boyd has become a bit of a laughing stock. Well, Boyd's not in like a waiting trial. So, mm. uh, although every time I see him run, I do think that he is in great pain. Uh, so <laughs> which equates to a trial? <laughs> I would say so. I mean, you know, his hamstrings are waiting for justice. That's what I've always said. I'm gonna uh, go. I'm gonna go Hayne because Hayne probably had higher peaks and mm. fell to a arguably lower depth. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like Boyd's Boyd's yeah. decline, I would say, was probably a little bit more gradual. Like in twenty um, in twenty eighteen, he was still pretty re- like reasonably serviceable. You mm. know what I mean? And it was only yeah. last year that he sort of really degenerated. Hayne was just up and down and left and right and crazy. And so I'm going to go Boyd just because I'm going to go Hayne just because it was a little bit more of a sight to behold. Yeah, and he's t- and one thing I can say about his his drop off in in the public eye is more so like you know out of all these top twenty lists the last few weeks that I've goddamn hated them, Hayne's been nowhere, man. And a few years ago, people you know how popular Hayne was and his reputation, how strong it was. Hayne's not been any discussion as one of the best of anything. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I, that's true. I'd not noticed that either. That's a good point. Yeah, but yeah, his peaks in uh, 09 and fourteen, as everyone knows, everyone knows about oh nine and fourteen, are way higher than Darius's. So yeah, I'll, I'll agree with Jared Hayne, even though he did decline so much off on the field. Even you know, he's just dropped off the face of the rugby league earth. Yeah. Uh, next question, our good friend Dave Messon on Scott Ozil. He's got a couple here. He says the first one. He says is what if one ref is better than two? Is half a ref better than one? Could rugby league be saved if referees? If the referee is cleaved in two by a broadsword, that's before kickoff. Okay, okay. We have the referees before the match and we completely dismember them and stick them at each corner of the field for luck and the players mm-hmm. just ref themselves. All right, so yeah. here's, here's where I'm going with this. We get... Who's the head of, who's the head of referees at the moment? Graham Annesley? Peter Volandis. Peter, Peter well, I, mean, that is, I was going to say, we just get Peter Volandis to every game, right? So... That's going to be a problem, but they're all going to be in Sydney, so it can't be that bad. We get Peter Vlandis to every game. We get the coaches beforehand right, in the tunnel. And then the co- coach A says, I think that's a good referee choice. Coach B says, I don't, I don't, you know, I think that's a good one as well. And then in front of them, Peter Vlandis offers to cut the referee in half. And then we find out who the real coach is, the kind of King Solomon, if you will, uh, because allegedly he is a Zeus god, so why can't yeah, he be the mate, king of how Israel could, like how, as well? could, how could a god of Olympus have anything mm. to do with Catholic dogma? You've played yourself here, Roots. Yeah, look, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of plot a lot of, the- lot of theological concerns with this premise. But uh, but I am a simple man, and we know that. <laughs> unfortunately, um, there's, no, is, there's no there's is, no gods in communism, mate. Like that, that is very true. That is we are we are godless wonders. Uh, I mean, big shout out to Lennon. This this whole topic, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not in love with talking about the one or two referees thing, but I may as well have my piece while we're here. It's like, I don't actually give a shit about it, right? Because the game will continue either way, one or two referees. And, yeah. you know, there's negatives and positives of both of them, whatever. But what I hate is just how, like, there was just no process in place at all for any of this discussion. It was like the referees, it's in their contract to be consulted. They weren't consulted. It was put out to the media and handled that way and just ignore all process whatsoever, apparently. And that's just the way we're going to run things now. And it's just, it's frustrating seeing that happen. And then you see all the backlash from the rugby league community in general. And even, you know, 
guys who play on NRL level and play international level saying that, hey, when I go to international level, I take the piss in the ruck. You know, David Clemmer essentially said that. He said, well, I go to international level, one referee, we hold them down for days. That's yeah. the, like thing, it's, the, thing, the thing I don't understand is anyone that's watched a test match at the highest level over the last couple of years will understand that. Like the 10 goes to shit and they get away with so much more stuff in the ruck. Like it's a big part of the reason that Tonga were able to beat Great Britain and Australia and um, New Zealand over the last few years is because it favours teams with massive forward packs that could control the opposition. Mm. Like, I don't get why everyone thinks that a return to one referee is going to make it faster or make the game flow better or um, stop the wrestle or stuff like that. Like, I, I don't know how anyone could come to that conclusion because surely there's two referees. They're more likely to spot infringements. Mm. You've got someone mm. looking at the ruck at all times. Surely that would make it quicker. You know, I yeah, I, I really don't like it, and I really don't like the, a lot of the takes around it because they just seem so ill-informed and just really lack an understanding of what of what modern rugby league is like. And that and that's the same kind of thing that goes for the Super League. It's like obviously defence there is not as fantastic as it is here, but the line speed is crazy because they're the li- jumping all it, the time. Exactly because the, as you said, the ten completely falls away. You've got stuff happening in the ruck. And, like, yeah, the games are, you know, potentially more exciting, but, like, the, the quality isn't there. You're not allowing a fair and a, a fair contest, both attack and defence. You're not allowing so the attackers League, to get Super up and, League, and move. Super League can get away with it because a lot of their players just aren't as strong defensively. Yes. You yes. know what I mean? But if you do it in the NRL where the, the standard is higher, like, it just... It, uh, it, I, I'm like Mitch. I really don't like how they've just rushed into... They're rushing into this mid-season without any sort of thought about how it'll impact the play. And that's, and that's the same that's the same for that goddamn six again rule that they're talking about. You know, how oh can God. you introduce a rule that major in the middle of the season? And and that rule feels like it's not thought out at all and it'll change by the time if it does go in because we didn't we see that trial in all in a uh, Indigenous All Stars game. Yes we did. And from memory what always happened is whenever a team would get a six again down their own end, they just end up on the attack. And then once they go on into the 20, like everyone just gives away the penalties and you can't yeah. go for goal. So why wouldn't you just give away more penalties in the attacking 20, you know? That's it, man. That's what's not thought about out about it at all. There's no choice to it. So attacking team, what you, you, you know, everyone, everyone's come to this. This is why, you know, it's not very well thought out that anyone who's thought about it for 40 seconds has come to the conclusion, oh, if my team is up by four or two with five minutes to go, well, that's the game over, it isn't it? We just give penalties away. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? And someone yeah. will. Some lunatic coach will get his team to do it. Yeah, that's it. Well, I've got some good quotes from some media members this week. Uh, one, Campo37 on Twitter. The Twitter, oh, Twitter. I like these ones. So he said, let the game flow means whatever the person's saying it needs it to mean. I don't think there's something drastically wrong with how the game is played now. And I don't go where people think it needs to be fixed. It doesn't matter how much people try and make the game like it was in the 80s or 90s or whatever idealised version of rugby league they have in their heads. It's never going to be how it was used to be. That's not how sports work. That pretty much nails it, Campo. What a handsome take. Mm. Yeah, And you know, the concerning thing is that Ben Eichen was like, put an article out today on Fox Sports, and I don't want to promote some of their content, what they've been doing recently, but Ben Eichen just came out and, and you know, along the same notion as what a, a Campo said there is that, you know, the game's not what it was. It's never going to be what it was. This is what sport is. Deal with it, you know. Stop being so negative about everything on the field. It's not going to be, the game's not going to be fixed or the fabric of the game not going to be fixed as people like to throw out there Look, by changing that, that, referees. That's the thing. I, I think a lot of the people that think one referee is going to revolutionise the game somehow or take it back to some golden era, I think the footy that they have in their minds is the stuff in the 90s, right? And I love footy in the 90s and all that, but it was footy in the 90s. It was 20-plus years ago, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. The players the players weren't as fit. The players, you know, in a vacuum weren't as good because players now are much fitter. They're much faster. Like They're much more athletic. That's just how time works you know like the more people do it the better they get and that that footy's gone that footy can never come back again you know yeah and there's some great quotes in that article from uh from uh being i can talking about you know he says i'll let you in on a secret there is no fabric of the game the game simply evolves the only thing that remains constant every year is that all teams play under the same rules and your team is either simply good enough to win or they're not the truth is rugby league's never been better. That's one good bit I liked, Walter quotes. Another bit he goes on to as well. He goes on about, about the wrestler. He says, if your team can't beat the storm, it's because your coach hasn't figured a way out around the defensive tactics of Craig Bellamy. 
Rather than focus on the wrestling, look closely at the effort and science underpins Melbourne's success and ask yourself, why doesn't my team do that? It's that simple. You know, that's always that, what I've asked, a, mate. That's, is a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a really good point. And I, I, I know Melbourne sort of introduced the wrestle and all that, but I really don't like how they're still held up as this WrestleMania team because if it was that easy, if all you had to do was wrestle, then everyone would be as good as Melbourne. Yeah, that's you know? 100%. It's, a, as anyway, you said, another... it's, a, it's, a, it's the same thing that Finchie said on 360 last year or whenever it was. Like... Just because you don't make it, just because you don't like it, doesn't make it illegal. If the NRL didn't like it, they'd change the rules. Well, like, they're doing that now, but they don't know yeah. what they're changing. Yeah, that's the thing. They, don't know, <laughs> they don't know what they're changing, and I don't even think they really know what they want either. They just want these. They just want this vague return of open attacking footy, like whatever the hell that means. It's like when people say bring back the little men, as if you know halfbacks and hookers and fullbacks aren't still the best and most valuable players in the game. Yeah. 100%. You know, it's, that's it's, it, mate. Just, it's just a coded way of people saying, I remember when I was younger and footy was really, really great. Like, why isn't it that good now? And it's like, mm. it's, not as that, it's not that good now because you're older, you know? Like, like we, literally, we literally had an apprentice jockey win the fucking Clive Churchill three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, mate, and, and, and footy, 90s footy was sick. I'm not, no one's arguing that, but it's, no, that's it's what mad. it is, you said. It's not going back. The game can't go back. And, and the resolution of making the game go back is this weird thing, trying to think, thinking of like more fatigue, more ball in play, faster, like less wrestle, all this stuff would take the game back to what it was. And it's, you, just, you can't make professional athletes semi-professional again. I'm sorry. You can't yeah. take things backwards. I, here, is, here is a half-baked, like I think the stuff about bringing fatigue back is all a bit, how you going? But here is mm. a, a half-baked idea that will never happen that would bring fatigue back in a big way if they just play more games during the day mm. because it is harder to do things physical things when it's really hot and it's much easier at night and all the players train during the day so during the night it's a little bit easier you know yeah, what i'm saying is it a good point or am i just like going I think, crazy staring i at think the we wall? we extrapolate that and we say that the nrl should play its full 25 rounds in and that the grand final should be in at Christmas. <laughs> yes. Love it. Yes. Okay. A good question, Dave, even though we're on a tangent. Next question. What is a specific rugby league skill you wish you had to use in your real life? For example, the RTS step or the Daniel Tupo leap? I genuinely thought you said Pacific. Yeah, uh, so did specific. I. I was going to say, like, if, I could, if I could do like, a city like, and it's really thick, like, that's yeah. what I'd pick. I thought you said Pacific, and then both of the examples were... Tupo and RTS, and I was like, hmm, "Is this we the tangent we want to go down? Are we getting cancelled?" <laughs> uh, Hang on, I, that's, I, uh, I that's, I that's a cast on the phone right now. Yeah. We just say, "I wouldn't be able to use it in my daily life, but I would love to be able to ping over field goals from like fifty meters out, like Darren Lockyer could for a while." Oh, good call. You know, like it, it would have no use whatsoever. Besides, every now and then I'd go down, go down to the footy field, and just bang them over from every single angle and feel great about myself. It, it has what you, you think it'll have, Kembo. If you considered being a show field goal kicker, mm. you know, just go walking around the streets and just pounded them. Field goals, just a, wander, a wandering troubadour who yeah, fills his yeah. wallet by the field goals he kicks. Yeah, the, ha- the Harlem Globetrotters of field goals. Unbelievable. That's it, mate. Uh, um, if, if I was going to pick anything, uh, the ability to kick any item I choose... As well as that Cooper Croc cross field kick oh. against the Dragons at Cogra. That is a great one. Like anything that I want to one. as well. So, like if I drop, let's say I'm at the shops and I drop a glass, you know, a thing of Thai curry sauce, and I, I've got the reflexes to get there, I can nail that kick and send it back onto the conveyor belt to be able to kick that That's well. Good. That is a really good yeah. one. Well, I've got two. I'm cheating kind of. My first one is I want the Benji Marshall fleet pass skills. Oh, so I can become, I can just, you know, yeah, we've all been around the house. I like throwing shit in the bin. You do. Why don't I do with some flair? Why not liven up my day? That's it. You can and the other one, mate. Distribute, distribute pickles as kibble with, with great with great prestige, oh, great maneuvers. That is, mate. Maybe I can become one of those trick shotting people on TikTok and then uh, kill myself for, for what I've become. Dude, dude, average, as I said. <laughs> That's you it. flick the knife right into your throat. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> With style. <laughs> and then the next one, mate. I want Cam Smith's vision. 
Could you imagine driving with his vision? You're just yeah. spotting the gaps. You're just put here, there, there. You're in the supermarket. You're oh, seeing things in the corner be, of your eye. Spotting those <laughs> raccoons. Like. He would, mate. Mate, you, you know when you walk up to the, the, the avocados there, and you're like, man, which one of these is right? Mate, yeah. Ken doesn't think. It's just natural <laughs> for him. Knows. He just sees them. <laughs> he just sees what's, them. His, what's his name in fucking Watchmen? Mr. Millennium? Do- Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> Mr. Millennium. <laughs> Mr. Millennium. God, it's been a while since I watched that fan. Do- Dr. Manhattan. Fuck. I'm calling this podcast Mr. Millennium. Yeah, I think <laughs> good. <laughs> That's great. I, t- I tire of rugby. I tire of these earthly problems. <laughs> the wrestle and avocados. That's it. Okay, next question. Uh, last Patreon question comes from Jack Cronin. He said, would you rather see your team, team, sorry, not your team, your team win an undefeated premiership or abandon the wrestle and allow the game to flow despite losing every match? <laughs> Oh, look, I'd rather some wrestle in my life, to be honest. Are we going to be allowed to wrestle when we come back post-Roni? <laughs> Great question. Um, well, I would look, obviously... Look, 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 one of the dirty secrets of Canberra becoming really good last year is they became much better at wrestling. Mm. Like mm. That, was a big, that was a big part of it. That was part of the reason their defense got so much better. So if you're asking me, would I rather Canberra win the comp or Canberra lose the comp, I'm going to put Canberra <laughs> in the comp, no matter what it takes. Like can, if it comes I... out, if it comes out like you know that they've committed murders and blackmailed people and ripped off war widows, like that's cool. Like I'm whatever it takes, man. Well, I'm glad they're willing to do what the Storm was willing to do to win. Then yeah, I was going to say the Storm have already set the bar so low. I was going to say like re- wrestling to me is just one of those. It's one of those like shithousey dark arts things. And the Raiders, you make a good point, Campo, like not necessarily just in the Rock, but like the Raiders did lots of like shithousey dark arts stuff last year and the year before with like Horsburgh and Bateman like picking schoolyard fights and like kneeling down behind people <laughs> and pushing them over and like giving people wedgies and shit. Yeah, and it was awesome. Yeah, I'm I don't, I'm I don't see the it. issue. No, exactly. I mean, eye gouging might be a bridge too far, but you know. Well, look, you know, not if, if we're in the comp. I was going to say, if we're knocking war pensions off, we might as well pull people's eyes out as well. Whatever it takes, Dale. <laughs> hmm. You 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 don't want to know how far I'll go. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah I think I do not. That is correct. And the wrestling stuff, mate. It's one of those things I always get like the people losing their mind about it, and it's just because I don't give a shit. I don't notice it. Hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like. But if you choose not to focus on it, you never fucking notice it. Then yeah. some days you'll see someone like they've screenshot like a weird grainy frame of Cam Smith touching someone's neck and then oh, lose their damn fun. mind. Yeah, it is. And, and uh, just on, and just it, on the point of like the improvement in the wrestle, like it's clearly not like I, I know that we don't talk about other sports on this podcast ever, but like it's a thing in the other rugby code. Like they le- they work on like ruck control and not being able to like being able to pilfer and stuff like that in the ruck. And it's something that they clearly work on with physical contact in AFL. Like, it, it's a physical game. Like, you have yeah. to be able to grapple to and control your opposition. We've already done too much time on the wrestling and all that sort of shit tonight. But it's not like people act like it's, oh, yeah, they get you down on the ground and then they thrash you around on there for 20 seconds or whatever. If you do that, like, if you hold them down for, like, more than, like, five seconds, you're going to get penalized every single time. Yeah. It's about what happens when the tackler is still on their feet. It's all about putting them on their back. You know what I mean? It's not about what happens on the ground. Yeah. And every single coach in the entire goddamn league is training and telling his players to put people on their back. Yeah. And there is That's no it, way to there is no way to stop that. Yeah. Hundred percent, mate. That's it. Um, anyway, we'll move on to the Twitter questions. Otherwise, we'll we'll still talk about uh, wrestling all day because I <laughs> I've got I've got takes as well. But um, the unique thing with rugby league is that. It's like one of the very few sports in the entire world that the pace of the game is controlled by the referee, not the players. Yeah. The referee decides how fast the game is played, and that's what you're talking about there. Like, It's not seven seconds on the ground. It's about th- three and a half to four, and any longer you get pinged. Hmm. That's it. Anyway, next first question over on Twitter. Matty McP25 says, Do you reckon you've got a better chance of kicking a conversion 15 metres out from the sideline or scoring a penalty goal against a top-flight goal kicker? Or hitting a prime time Shane Warne for six. Uh, I could I 
probably hit a pen. Um, I have scored a number of penalties in my time, but I'll, I'll take an alternative. I'll take an alternative rather, an alternate. Uh, I'll take an alternative. I reckon I could drop kick. I reckon I could drop kick a soccer ball from from there, but not place kick from fifteen meters in. You could drop kick a soccer ball. Yeah. Like the traditional drop goal action. I don't know, man. They're hard to drop kick because they're so round. Mm. You know what I mean? Like rugby balls, you can drop kick them because they have the point mm. and all of that. For me, it's it's the conversion. I can't do any of these things, but it's conversion. <laughs> it's conversion easy because I can just put it down and like maybe toe bash it over. Oh, like, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't kick a penalty. I'd have a psychological breakdown, and I am all time fucking useless with a cricket bat. Like I can't hit my brother for six. Yeah, I'm with you, Campo. I can't hit Warnie for six or your brother, so I'm off that one. <laughs> You're the Annandale wall, though. I am. I can block him for none for all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, penalty goal or 15 metres in. So 15 metres in from the sideline, with the natural curl, no. It's been like 15 years since I went down to the park and kept was doing uh, having shots like that. I'd go to the penalty. Mm. Yeah. That's what I think. Um, you just back yourself that the keeper goes the wrong way or similarly you just nail it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, like I, my, my, my kicking action on soccer balls is so bad that the keeper could probably guess the wrong way but still get like, back across in time. <laughs> like I've got no faith in my own ability. Uh, well, yeah, I did I did play soccer not until about eight or nine years ago but again, it's been that long that mm. you know, who knows? Who knows what happens when I step up there? <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, next question uh, comes from. Oh, I've got them in the thread responses here. Get out of that. Okay, RCB Shark says best Frank Costanza episode of Seinfeld. Oh, that's a great one. It is. I do really like when he fights with Elaine in the uh, the police station. That one's incredible. the The outtakes from that one are unbelievable. Like they're as good. They could be an episode on their own. I really like the the Serenity now. Mm. That's right up there. Dale, any? I I think so, like Serenity now is 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 the is like it, surely it's the top, you know, because like it's the one that everybody remembers. Um. Nah, I think. Look, uh, it's not like with with. Uh, with his episodes, it's not like it's not like uh, like there's the one-liners like there are with so many other characters, but like surely it's got to be. Well, I, I would say the Serenity as the episode, but like there's yeah. stuff like when um, George <laughs> when George leaves his car in the parking lot at um, Yankee Stadium, mm. Steinbrenner comes over and Frank Costanza calls up Jerry and goes, "Jerry, it's Frank Costanza. Mister Steinbrenner's here. George is dead. Call me back." Like. <laughs> I've, okay, I thought I thought of a couple. Uh, the the Fusilli Jerry, where um, oh yeah, Kramer stops short on Estelle, <laughs> and he's the ass man. And then, yeah, and then what is it? One in a million shot duck. One in a million shot. <laughs> one in a million shot duck. Million to one. I mean, and this is embarrassing for all of us. I'm not saying this one. This is my favourite one, and it's it's not called Festivus. It's something else. It's oh, yeah. the, the, the how strike. Did we, how did the we strike. miss that? How did we miss that? Yeah. Is it the strike? I don't know. Anyway, Festivus, obviously. Yeah. When you see us at Festivus this year, be sure to bring that up in the airing of grievances. <laughs> yes. That's it, mate. Um, but I'm trying to think there's other good moments. There's the, the Rye Bread episode's pretty good. Um, the Puffy Shirt is another good He's good in that one. And what's the one when he has the, the raincoats? <laughs> well, that's the one. There's the one with the man's ears slash bro. Yes, yes. I mean, yes. plenty of good Frank Costanza episodes. What a character! I would argue. Though. I would argue that there's not a single bad Frank Costanza episode. Like, not yeah. even close. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you. I agree. Uh, but yeah, obviously, everyone knows Jerry Stiller passed away. If you didn't, he passed away two days ago. Anyway. Next question, Dane underscore anger. Is James Roberts being hammered with the questions why Darius Boyd is living rent free in his head? Oof. Hammered with the questions, sorry. Um, 
I mean, it's James Roberts. I don't know how much we want to talk about that, but it's obviously if you don't know, he's back in rehab, and it's a, it's an unfortunate thing. And I hope his rugby league career hasn't ended because I don't. You wouldn't want that to be your last moment. Mm. What he's talked about there, Darius Boyd shutting him down. He's he's one of those guys where I really worry what his what his life's going to be like once rugby league's not there for him anymore. Yeah, you know, just because it's fallen apart for him in in very serious and troubling ways a couple of times now, and that's with mm. all the support that are that that being a rugby league player offers. And yeah. once that goes, you know, it just—I don't know. I just hope. I just hope. It, I just hope it works out for him. Yeah, as you say, he's—he's he's a. It's not like he's a generational talent, but like he oh, is. Mate, I, mate, I'll tell you. I reckon. I reckon he is, and I reckon that's one of the things. Like he's not fulfilled mm. the talent he could have been because of a lot of these. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point. I, like he's obviously struggles. a fantastic player, and he seems like the, everybody. Everybody knows that he's a good player. But like that's kind of as you said, only half the battle. And since these kind of since the things you know, since he moved, uh, I personally worried about him coming back to Sydney mm. um, because you know, it, and it's not necessarily just because who he is, but you know, like it's it's a lot easier to to give in to the temptation in a big city than it is to give in to the temptation in, you know, Wollongong. No, no hate on Wollongong, but um, it's there's there's a lot more avenues for for um, iniquity. Put it that way. Um, but yeah, as you say, I, I just hope I, it, if if things go well, if he has to put rugby league aside to sort himself out, then I hope he does. But at the same time, as you say, like it's really hard to support yourself without your without the support of your employer. Um, whether that's as a footy player or anyone else, um, like if if he steps away from footy and, and actually looks after himself, then good luck to him. It it suck because he's such a good player and he's a he's a good news story when he plays well. But um, it, as you say, it does worry me about where he goes from here. I don't want mm-hmm. him to become a headline for the, all the wrong mm. reasons. I would rather him become a obviously misdemeanors aside, I would rather him become a Todd Carney where he goes away, goes to England, plays and tries to come back, but he, he can't make the grade than become a Ben Cousins, for example. I mean, um, hopefully he looks after himself. That's the most important thing. Yeah, I'm not going to act like I intimately understand James Roberts' struggles. Mm. I just know of their existence, obviously, like we all do. Yeah. And it's, yeah, and he's a player, you know, I don't, many people like to hate him or similar, but I've always loved watching James Roberts play rugby league and it's why I hated him when he left the Broncos. I didn't care about, you know, wearing a thinking cap or whatever, if it was the right time letting go or not. Roberts is a guy I've always enjoyed on the rugby league field. You know, he's one of those guys that at, at his peak, get the ball in his own half. He's He was always a chance of scoring. And we saw many of those times that, you know, against the Roosters, you know, for, for the Broncos, for example, was it was a, my, my most recent one when he won us that game. But over his whole career where he could win games from his end of the field, and you know, for me, brought me a lot of joy in my life. And it, and it it kind of, um, it stings seeing a guy like that who essentially when he's not around the game or he seems to be around the wrong people that, you know, he hasn't got joy in his own life. He doesn't seem to be a happy man and hasn't seemed to be that for a while. And um, Yeah, that's, it, really, you know, that's a really good way of putting it. He doesn't, yeah, you know, he's a guy who's brought me a lot of happiness and I wish him the best, but I, I you know, I don't know the resolution there because he's obviously a guy who's been in and out of rehab and, and has had struggles. And, and I feel for a guy like him who, you know, probably needs the structure in his life when there's isolation stuff happens, it's, there's a lot of purpose taken from him. And I'm hope, I hope he finds purpose in, over the next few weeks and hopefully he's not lost to our great game. Agreed. Well said. Okay. Next question. Uh, oh, this is a good one. This is from one of the hosts today. <laughs> but, um, before he knew he was coming on the podcast at Campo 37 sent in. What a handsome Which stupid yes, conspiracy theory will NRL players start believing next? What a handsome question, Nick. Mate, how is our good friend Stephen Lanfranco not the overlord of rugby league players right now? How is he not out there at Instagram DMs just tricking them into everything? Throwing them all the wild theories in there, mate. Get in the behind, arrest Bill Gates. What about the chem? What about the chem trails, mate? Have you guys seen what they're doing with Pizzagate over there in America? Have you seen this? Mate? My take. Get him in. Get in there. Is New Brown will be the five G conspiracy guy. Ah, uh, 
God. Doesn't it has to be one. Doesn't trust phones. Doesn't trust technology. Maybe he'll. Maybe he'll. Uh, maybe it was the long con. Maybe new brown microwaving his phone was the long con. Well, you've got to find what what hot women are into. What what dumb theories do hot women believe? And mm. and astrology. And we've Ooh. yes. Oh, that's that's a good that's one. That's a good one. <laughs> astrology. Yes. Yes, that's great. Okay, so five G is bad because <sighs> solar flares when Jupiter is in Sagittarius. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I do love, by the way, I love how like like heaps of players turned vegan after watching the one documentary and then all turned back like three weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it kind of sucks, eh, this vegan thing. Do you know you can't eat meat when you're a vegan? <laughs> I have no idea. It's the worst. Uh, that's it. Um, but yeah, the anti vaccine, I think everyone's attacked this enough this week. And I have enjoyed that every literally everybody has come together and just whipped into it. And there's like no one defending them. And yeah, it's just, it's moronic and it's, it's hip- hypocritical. And I don't think anyone can understand how guys who'll take whatever else it will be to get on the rugby league field can't take a vaccine. I mean, it was, it was good when, when Nana McDonald fractured, dislocated his ankle and he just sucked on that quartz crystal. Made the <laughs> <laughs> oh, essential oils. That's a good one for them as Ooh, well. Good one as well. I like it. That's a great one because the women do like those. Mm. Yes. All right, oh, mate, we're onto it. Surely, surely, we're not too far away from an, an Avon-like multi-level marketing scheme involving well, NRL players. Let's me and you, Dale, launch a next-tier Patreon for essential oils. If you want to buy in our scheme, we're going to sell some rugby league essential oils. But you can only get on <laughs> if you sell to other people. We'll sell them to you. And you sell them to other people, and you have to get three of them. We're onto something here. Mm. It sounds great. <laughs> um, RCB Shark says, which three grand finalists in a row, one premiership team left more on the table? So the 95 to 97 Eagles, the 02 to 04 Roosters, or the 2016 to 2018 Storm? Ooh. That's a very good question. Hmm. My, I, think, my... I think it's Manly. Yeah. Do you? Why is that? Because they... Should have won all three. They were better than that Dogs team in '95, and they were probably better than that Knights team as well. They just got outplayed on the day. Mm. You know what I mean? And then that that um, that '96 team, for whatever reason, they don't get a lot of the shine that they should. But they're they were a really great side. And '95, they only lost two regular season games all year. Jesus. You know what I mean? Like really, that should be like a. They 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 should have they should have probably won more than one title. So I'm going with I'm going with with Manly ninety five ninety seven. Yeah, that's a good shout. And I mean, you know, people do forget that they did like convincingly beat Newcastle two weeks before that grand final. Yeah, and Newcastle you know, hadn't beaten them for years. Yeah, before that, they, I they might not they might not have ever beaten them. I'm not sure. I remember yeah. I remember watching the ninety five grand final back a few weeks ago, um, and there's this shot when Terry Lamb is up giving his acceptance speech for the trophy. And he says, uh, he says like, oh, you know, commiserations to Manly. You guys were great all year. We know what it's like. We were there last year. Obviously, they lost the 94 grand final. And there's this shot of Jeff Toovey drinking a Pepsi with a Pepsi hat on. And I've never seen a man look more like he wanted to die. Because, like, as you said, they lost two games all season. And he's there wearing a fucking sponsor's hat, and all he wants is a tinny. <laughs> but, but yeah, Campo, I just checked now. So in that period between before that grand final, Manly had beaten Newcastle uh, what eleven of the last twelve times. Fuck. They hadn't they hadn't, hadn't lost to them since early nineteen ninety two. Yeah. And then after that, after winning the grand final against them, the Knights they beat them six more times on the trot. Well, yeah, well, Manly sort of really dropped off after 97. And then, but you compare it to the other two. So the 02 to 04 Roosters, like I think you could argue that Penrith were a slightly better team who beat them in 03. And then the Dogs, Roosters, like that was a coin flip always in those years where they really mm. turned it on. And then you look at that, that Storm side, I'd say that Storm Sharks in 16 is a coin flip. Like that's one that can go either way. And then the 17 mm. Storm are ascendant. Like I reckon they're the best team of the last 20 years pretty easily mm. and then 18 again that's probably another another coin flip like those are three 
grand finals that all could have gone. E- oh, sorry, that's two grand finals that could have gone either way. But with Manly, like they probably should have done them all. Yeah, I think that Roosters team's more of a story of that almost decade prior to 04. Like they they made like what three or four prelims, lost three grand finals, and and won one in that whole period. That was a long stretch of them not winning more yeah. so than those particular three years back that they went to three grand finals being being the, the tough done ones. As you said, that 04 Dogs team was a pretty red hot Dogs team. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I, like the roost, the roosters in that stretch were never as dominant as Manly were in their in the in the in their three year stretch, you know. Yeah, and I agree with you on the storm, mate. That twenty seventeen team was exceptional, but both of those grand finals on the day, I, I gave the other team just as good of a chance of winning as I gave the storm. Yeah, for sure. Sixteen and eighteen. Okay, good question, that RCB Sharks. Next question from Gilby underscore Gillard. Has the fans' opinion of someone changed so quickly before like it has regarding Peter Vlandis? He said, when he came on board, most people were keen on his attitude and eagerness to help the game, but now he's on the nose of most fans big time. Well, I think it's important to, I think it's important to, to grasp the, the, the distinction between NRL Twitter and NRL mm. fans. Mm. You know, I was, like, was going to say the same thing. I couldn't tell you what the average rugby league punter in the streets thinks about Peter Volandis. Like, I've honestly got no idea. I know everyone on NRL Twitter is sort of turning against him or whatever, but, like, the, the, the normies out there, I've, I, I don't know. I don't know what they think of him. I, I think for a lot of them it's as simple as if he gets the footy back when he, says he, when he said he was going to get it back, then he's going okay, you know? Yeah, mate. That's it. That's why like, sometimes – and you know this, mate, working media stuff – People on NRL Twitter, for example, could be shocked by the sentiment in an article, and it's like, well, no, mate, that sentiment's probably reflecting the public sentiment more so than what than our opinion is, you know. Like, and NRL Twitter was was questionable of, you know, they were questioning Blanders from day one. They've never really been on site <laughs> for mine, and, and I and I do think if the ga- game's coming back and all that, you know, apparent strong leadership is shown, you know, it, it, I think he is probably popular with the general fan. And the general fan usually has been banging on about one referee coming back. I mean, it again, as we know, Peter Van Lees refer these online polls often. One referee won an online poll, <laughs> you know, on yeah. NRL.com. Like, I, I do think he's probably more popular with the general fan than what we think he is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, like, that's just how, you know, Twitter works and how social okay, media yeah. works. Like, Next get question. Up in our echo chambers and that. Uh, Tim, Timmy Bradley says, should Bryce Carter be allowed to play if he uses Pete Evans's disco light machine? <laughs> Oh, Why haven't the Titans just said, "Oh no, we can't play Bryce anymore"? That sucks. Ah oh, man, I can't believe this. What a blow to us, the Gold Coast Titans, to lose a guy that's been stealing money of us for a couple of years now. Like, yeah. I don't know why they're so eager to get him on the field. I'm loving that Mal's trying to use all of his influence, though. Like, originally we we're just trying to change the value of competition points, like to be the first few games worth like <laughs> one point two points. It's like, come on, Mal. Bro, it's, one of those, it's one of those things. Like when before it came out, I was like, the two first two rounds have to stand. They have to. The competition's got to have integrity. And then Mal yeah. came out and said it had to change. And I said, well, you know, if Mal if Mal thinks so, like, <laughs> maybe we should talk about this. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and then that, and then the thing that he's going, look, we've been significantly disadvantaged by this Cartwright Kelly stuff. Give us some dispensation. It's like, <laughs> have you that. though, that Mal? <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> Oh. It, it is. It is. You know, we. I remember a, a few weeks ago we talked about how Mal wasn't maybe wasn't the greatest coach. You know, he's a great man motivator. But I'm all, mm. I'm proud. I'm proud that he's thinking outside the box. You know, it's good that the Titans have finally got an innovator. It may not be on the field, but I'm glad there's somebody out there making putting their neck out there for their uh, you know for what they think might might improve the game. It 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 does you know. But as as I said, I mean, like, come on, Nathan Pete's coming out after getting smashed about it was quite good though. That was amazing. Like, oh, I'm that stupid. That. It was like, oh shit, what have I done? <laughs> God, I mean, moving to the Titans was one thing. Yeah. Fuck me, not getting a flu jab. Jesus, I'm not an idiot. But I, I loved he was like immediately going like, well, guys, no, don't put me in with that basket. Like immediately, he's like, no, 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 no not me, no. <laughs> Bryce is like, Nathan, I thought we were mates. No, mate. <laughs> nope. Okay. Uh, CM Kusher asks, who would win a match between the Titans and the NRL anti-vaxxer all-stars? Well, the, oof, 
almost the same team, but the anti-vax all-stars has Josh Papali in it. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough look for my guy. Mm, your boy. Uh, the, the anti-vax so, all-stars have Cardi, though, so that kind of offsets it. Mm. It does. Oh, I don't know, man. So the anti-vax all-stars have... They have Tapao, they have Papali, they have Dylan Walker. They've seen, like, there's a good forward pack in there at least, yeah. and Cardi. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I don't know. And then, yeah, yeah, and then can they bring back, like, Frank Winnerstein to fill in? They might have to. They might have to chuck his missus out on the wing just to fill out the numbers. Right? <laughs> No, but uh, I think I think I might back the anti-vaxxers in. They're playing. They're really representing what they believe in. They're well, playing yeah, that's for it. passion. They're playing for a cause, you know. Mm. Yeah, and the Titans ain't playing for shit. We all know that. We've all seen that. The could, last could few we, years. Can we name an extended bench for this team, and they could be called the COVID nineteen? Oh, yes. There you go. There you go. That's it. But GZ, you're right. That pack's pretty good. What you got? Yeah, mm. Fedor Blake and Depow up front, maybe with Papali probably moved to lock or something. That huge middle, yeah. or whatever. Tarpane and what, like Soiola, the back row, figure that out. Walker at nine. No, 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 no Sonny Katoa's one of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, Sonny Katoa. Yeah, they're at nine. We've got, we got, yeah. we got Brian, Ke- Brian Kelly in the centres. We're probably going to have to play Cardi yeah. in the halves. I don't like that. No, so no. Cardi seven, Walker six. <laughs> oh, God, can you imagine? That is a murderous right, row then, if ever I've seen one. Are there any other backs? Can we, we might be able to scrape an actual 13 together. <laughs> we get really close already. And then, so we have... Um, yeah, oh, so we're missing. We need a centre, a winger, two wingers, and a fullback. God, we're bloody close. This is terrible. I think. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to try and do this. Yeah, I'm now. I'm now like I'm now googling yes, anti backs NRL players. Like this is this is important work, and this is what the podcast is in ISO times. <laughs> At least it's not a list. There's no one knew that one. Come on, there's gonna be someone else at Manly who got on board with Dylan Walker. All right, well, hang on. No, I'll tell you what we can do. We can drag Mark Minicello out of retirement and chuck Sia out in the centres. Yep, fair. Yeah. I, know, I, know, I know it's not ideal, but, like, you know, Sia can do the job. Yeah, uh, yeah Sia can do the job. That's it. So now... Oh, oh dude, we got Adam Fanor Blake. Done. What are we doing? No, no, no. He's in the front row. I already put him in there. He's in there. Oh, did we you? Put, oh, sorry. My bad. Can we put Nathaniel Roach in this team because his body's not allowed to have vaccines because it will <laughs> seeks to function? <laughs> That's it. I think I think we're kind of stuck there. I think that's it. We can let's just dump Nathan Cleary in there because he's a dickhead. Well, no, we, we, got, we, got, we got Mark Minicello as well. Can we yeah. shift any? Can we shift anyone else? We play him at six, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we bring Frank Winterstein back, where's he going? He's still on the bench, isn't he? Chuck him. <laughs> chuck, chuck him at fullback, and then Pete Evans on the wing, and we're away. <laughs> yeah, Cardi's wife on the other wing. Or yeah, done. Okay, perfect. Uh, let's go. Next question. I think this is the last question already, which is um, you can see rugby league fans are getting getting ready for lead comeback because even question time's a bit light. But mm. the last one, it's just messed up. I don't know if this is even a question, but he's just no, it's just a comment. Uh, he said, "The reserves, this reserve goalkeeper has come onto the ice. He's forty-five years old, never played a professional game. There's ten minutes on the clock to protect the one goal lead. I've never been more confident in my entire life." That's just. I guess reference to Campo coming on the pod. I think, yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's it. Thanks, Dave. Your 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 faith makes me makes me uh, excel. I, That's I it, agree. Man. I, and and you it was it was very similar to be honest. You were in the region like the uh, professional goalkeeper the backup was, <laughs> and you put your hand up like, like "Yep, I'm ready." <laughs> <laughs> I'm always always ready, coach. Uh, I got hoop dreams. Got them real bad. You did well. Anyway, Campo, I think that's that's all the questions, mate. So thanks thanks for coming on and uh. And feeling in for for Bungard on late notice, as yeah, always, admirably. Anything no you want to plug? Any Campos corners coming up? Um, no. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no. Tough He's done. I got I got nothing, dude. Just okay. I don't know. Drink a lot of water. Looking forward Call to your this. Mother. She misses looking you. Looking forward to this you know? six-part uh, series on the Hunt Mariners. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Well, then, do I say the say goodbye thing? That's you, Dale. You do it now. I'll do it. Thank you. Uh, so, another week, another another adventure. Thank you, Camper, for coming on, as we said. Uh, no worries, man. Mitchell, thank you for attending in uh, at usual your usual excellent form. Thank you very much. Um, and that's uh, that'll do us for this week. Thank you to all of our Patreons. Um, enjoy the podcast. Wash your hands and call your mother, and we'll see you next week. Okay, team, sorry to take this on the end here, but I uh, just want to 
firstly add on that uh, we'll do thanks for Patreon subscribers. So firstly, thanks to Alex Jejakomi or Sir Jacomi. I'm sorry, man. You told me how to say that and I forgot. Uh, Bert Andrews, Chris Avnall, Dan Cullinane, Dave, slash Minnesota underscore Ozil, D Fisher, Jason, Carlo Tyson, Manny McPherson, Roxanne Clark, Scotty Finlayson, Simo Ali, Ty, Tom Hardy, Warwick Ahern, and Wayne Ritchie. But essentially, taking on the end here, guys, just just to let you know that, yeah, we will have the uh, the regular news and story time podcast coming out in, in uh, probably a couple of days once we are recording him with Bungard after he's back on board tomorrow. And there will be a Patreon podcast coming for those Patreon subscribers. So if you want to hear that with Nick Campton, it's over on patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookie. So that'll be coming in the next coming days on the uh, Patreon feed. Thanks.